A right time to search, another time to count your losses, a time to hold on, and another time to let go. A time to rip out and a time to mend, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, which some of us are still in, depending on the relationship. Don't try it, elbows are fine, read the room. When you feel the winds of change, your response should likely be to pause, to pray, or maybe seek wise counsel. Some people even fast. But I don't trust those people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really hungry. And the language starts to tell me the special, I can't even hear them, much less the voice of God. However you choose to receive, hopefully the goal will be for you to discern, indeed, if it's time for a change, or maybe a time for a shift in your responsibilities or your approach. Yes, sometimes it's a season change, and sometimes the season changes you. Let me say that again. Sometimes it's a season change, and sometimes the season changes you. We are collectively moving forward from a season that has changed all of our lives. From, there's no other point where we, in our lives, where we won't um, refer to life, refer before, during, or after the pandemic. What I fear is that we collectively, as people, as a church, and as individuals, have truly processed how this season has affected us mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and beyond. Ecclesia is entering into a new season of life. We make this shift to UBC for lots of reasons, but one is because we wanted more intimacy in this room. Look around. See the people who are here, and we want you to know them, and we want you to know us. I'll tell you that last week, and even this week, being able to hear you guys sing sold me completely. As we process season changes tonight, I want you to hear in the computer. I've asked three people to come up and answer these questions. No, you can pop the questions up while we transition. You're coming up, y'all come.
And then she starts talking about, um, it wasn't a Christian group, by the way. It was all people, women from all over the world. It was just women. Um, the UK, LA, New York, Miami, um, Australia, right? Just literally all walks of life, some married, some with kids. And we're just meeting weekly. And she would ask these questions and we talk about, you know, what we're going through or what we're feeling. All these different questions, all these different topics. And um, what it did is it made me realize like everybody's hurting, everybody's going through something, and we all need community. And so um, I started, her suggestion was to pray to your higher power, your God. So I was like, well, every time she says this, this is going to be Jesus for me, this is going to be God, I'm going to put that into Christianity. And so I started um, taking her advice and like before I got out of bed, I didn't look at the news, I didn't look at my phone because I was depressed. And, um, and so I started reading the Bible and, like, you know, growing up, growing up in church. And we were always told to read the Bible, have a quiet time, do these things. I never, like, really enjoyed it. Um, and that was fine, I just felt like I had to do it. So the first, <laughs> the first time that I did that, and I started enjoying it. And I just started, she told us to say something. Every day, write down what you're grateful for. So I started putting all of these practices into play that she was suggesting. And it just changed. I mean, it became a habit. It really became a habit. And, um, where did I go? I'm sorry, I my I know, it's fulfilling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think of the pandemic as like the great pause. The pandemic was the great pause. And without that, I feel like um, I wouldn't have understood the need for church. I wouldn't have, I just kind of came and went because I felt like it was something I needed to do. I wouldn't have discovered that I like reading the Bible. I'm like, y'all, I need to read the Bible. I need to read it again. I like it. That's weird for me. <laughs> I'm like, really? That's, anyway. Um, and I wouldn't have seen the importance of community and authentic relationships. I feel like I saw that almost called, and then I saw it in person from you guys. Um, so literally, one of the most intense um, healing experiences of my life came as a total surprise after I simply made space. Um, I made space to enjoy something just for the sake of enjoying it. So I worked out for the first time and worked out for my health. So I was like, girl, you're going to get COVID. It's not when. It's, it's not yet. It's when. So I started working out to enjoy um, like making myself healthier, making my body stronger. Um, y'all know I was out on the street. I'm not in the beginning, but Jonathan flies on an airplane so it was just gonna happen. It's not like I went looking for it. <laughs> it wasn't until kind of trouble when I see y'all. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so I enjoyed, I enjoyed reading and having that pause in the morning and starting my day, and I still do it. Um, if I don't do it, it's, it's not as good of a day. The day does not go as well. So don't feel guilty about it anymore. I'll put the iPad on for the kids, make a cup of coffee, get back in bed if I did not do that at the moment and restart my day. Thank you. Yeah, we, uh, and we, you've heard that expression, I didn't know it at the time, um, that kind of covers how we first got our um, involved session in COVID. We, uh, 
later, I didn't know this at the time, but um, the first COVID patient in the United States, CDC now says that patient was a, a man who lived in Stohomish County, Washington, which is a really small town for everybody. And that was January the 20th, but it wasn't something that made the news. It was just kind of an anomaly, one person with this disease. Um, and so about two weeks later, um, we loaded up our car and we drove to the state of Washington, maybe uh, about 60 miles from that spot, and stayed a month uh, house-sitting for our oldest daughter. Uh, we didn't have a TV, didn't listen to the radio, we didn't really know what was going on, so uh, somewhere about February the 3rd, uh, that COVID moved into that uh, long-term long -term care facility in uh, Kirkland, Washington, and nine people died there. We were on know that that was about 40 miles from where we were, and um, we didn't know it at the time. You know, we were just there that many times. We had a hot tub, and we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we stayed there a lot of time, actually, and then um, we drove back from Washington to Mississippi, and I think it was in March the 11th when we had our first uh, COVID case in Hattiesburg. So that, it, I didn't know it at the time, but I realized, wow, it moved almost as fast as we did across the country. And um, we're retired, which uh, changes the focus on the quarantine and everything. We, we, we were not going to work together. We didn't have to worry about those things. So it's not as hard on us as it was on a lot of people. But our kids, you always worry about your kids. Um, I was thought as a pediatrician, with a, um, especially in infectious diseases. So it was only a matter of days before I knew this was like really, really serious and it could cause a lot of people um, dead. My youngest daughter was an emergency room nurse, and within about six weeks, um, she was going to work. When she went to work, she had to go into a sterile room, and when she came out, it was like, she was dressed like something in a science fiction movie. And for about a year, she did that. Every shift that she worked, people died all the time. Uh, on Saturday, she called me, her boss's uh, mom and dad had been admitted to the hospital, and they died the next day within 30 minutes of each other. And so it got really serious really quick for us. We were seeing that side of it from our kids. and. Uh, in the meantime, we painted the house, um, we painted the inside of the house, <laughs> we did all the top of this, and we stayed busy, but we missed that community, and we'll talk more about that, I'm sure. Okay, and Stephanie. Well, I, uh, you're on, you're on. Should be afraid. And he suggested uh, having like a 
being stored. And when I tell you it takes much less to put me in a spiral, uh, so I spiraled. So that was about the end of February. And um, I know I went to Target, I got a can of white salt, a can of like white, some beans and rice, and I was prepared to go. I'm
throughout Christian history, Christian worship has um, been a profoundly sensuous experience, a training ground for pleasure and delight. Christians are singing people from ancient monks, chanting psalms to um, African-American spirituals to acoustic worship bands. We hear music echoing from every gathered community of Christians. We taste, we smell, we see, we hear, we feel. Our senses come alive in worship. And so I feel like that's exactly what happened the first time I was back. And I was like, this, this is why I'm here. This is why I come through those doors. And so it's a reset for my week. It's uh, refreshing to walk in here and see people that accept me right now as I am. And it just is like, we're in this together. We're here and we're doing it together. And anyway, I feel like you make me a better person. Woo! <laughs> <laughs>
Recently, there was a Monday night, I got to have dinner with Margie, Steve, and Taylor Willis. It was the first time since the pandemic that all of our schedules lined up that we were able to share a meal. We laughed, I cried. We laughed, I cried some more. We shared stories, we ate, I ate some more. And then I went home. At 6 a.m. the next day, I got a call that my cousin had passed away. The news was a devastating blow, but it felt different because the tragedy, the tragedy of the news on Tuesday morning did not eliminate the joy I had experienced in community the night before. I was thankful for an ounce of joy in deep sorrow. And I literally feel like that's the design. I don't think that there's a plan B. As seasons of life change, I believe the best way to navigate them is a community. With people, people, some people who may be in a similar season as you will let you know you're not alone. And others will champion you and say, this too shall pass. So what season of life are you in? Acknowledge it so you don't miss the lessons that God is trying to teach you. Whatever you're going through, it's only for a season. It will change. Seasons give us hope. Because no matter how cold the winter is, summer is coming. Nothing remains the same. So to conclude our time tonight, as we prepare to take communion, I would like for you to think through what season of your life do you think you are currently embarking on? And how are you feeling about I don't want you to miss it. I don't want to miss it. And that's another lesson from the pandemic. Slow down, think it through. A time to weep, a time to dance, a time to hold on, a time to let go, a time to rebel, a time to mend, a time to keep silent, a time 